Hello everybody, welcome to your Heart in the Paint podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. I'm your host Matt, again joined by Michael on this wonderful day after Father's Day podcast, number 52. A lot of things to talk about today. Most importantly, this upcoming Thursday is the NBA draft. And of course, some recent news has drastically shaken that up, as well as a bunch of off-season signings. But before we get into any of that, let's uh, give a special shout-out to our sponsor for this episode, and that is Amp Energy. You might know Amp as the original energy drink made for fans of basically Mountain Dew, uh, and it's my preferred energy drink of any day of the week. Uh, it's it's fantastic. I prefer just the normal original flavor, kind of lemon-lime citrusy. Uh, it's full of caffeine and B vitamins to get the juices flowing early in the morning, or maybe you need an afternoon kick. Uh, this really helps you out with that. Uh, I personally like AMP because it is... Uh, doesn't have a bunch of uh, ginseng in it that most other energy drinks have. I don't know. Ginseng just kind of gives me a nasty headache. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, head on over to your local grocery store or go to amp.com using a promo code HARD for $10 off your first order of 100 or more. And with that, let's just... Uh, kind of go through the quick news before we get to the the meaty juicy topics uh so importantly today the toronto raptors had their championship parade absolutely fantastic uh props to them again of course for overcoming all the adversity of the golden state warriors and everyone else along the way do you happen to catch any of this on the tv michael uh bits and pieces i was watching some of the world cup stuff and then uh, there's like an hour break between the two uh, games, so I ended up watching some of the Toronto parade. Pretty, pretty interesting with the buses. Uh, you know, some "We Are the North," "The North Has Spoken," Game of Thrones crossover type type stuff. Very cool. Now I heard a uh, rumor was someone like shot guns in the middle of the parade or something and they arrested somebody oh, really yeah like there was a i don't think anyone got super injured or it was like nobody died but apparently in there canada? was an active shooter yeah wow damn canada it was like recently as of like half an hour ago um, oh fuck that's crazy yeah no, i just saw a bunch of champagne <laughs> And then Drake easily uh, Tony... getting on all the buses for not actually playing. I don't know. He was pretty instrumental, though. I mean, without him antagonizing Embiid and Giannis and Steph, they're probably not champions. So speaking of he champions, put the Drake curse. Our favorite champion, everyone's favorite uh, wife, fucker, is uh, <laughs> announced his retirement. Completing the bookend of the Spurs dynasty for the past almost two decades. Is Tony Parker really our favorite wife fucker? What about Matt Barnes? Um, yeah, but he didn't retire, so I did. I didn't want to put him in that group today. Uh, who else? MJ. I'm sure. So, I'm sure MJ fucks somebody's wife. I mean, Will, you know, supposedly slept with fifty thousand women, so. 
Yeah, but I mean, that might just be. Well, it might be a closet gay. <laughs> what a better way to hide the fact that you're gay in so, the 1960s than being like, I slept with thousands of women. What what a better way to bookend the. Really, the perennial success of the Spurs and Pop and all those guys, then. Tony Parker, the youngest one, a little bit more of the reckless one out of the out of the big three, uh, did get that. Didn't he have a Finals MVP in two thousand and seven? Was it? Yeah, he won it in seven. Um, and then of course now with Kawhi, you know, leaving the Killing team and winning it on his own. Like yeah, he's the dynasty killer. You know, he killed two in the head to head, and then he killed the third one by just not existing, sitting out. <laughs> uh, so. What, what, Where do you what? think the uh, Spurs uh, quote-unquote dynasty sits in the annals of NBA history? I think it's properly placed. I I, I think most people would say it placed? Tim and everyone's like underrated, especially Tim, right? Because he's kind of just always been a winner. But I think a big deal with championships is being able to go back-to-back and them having to take years in between I think hurts that legacy a little bit. What about uh, 2013 of 14, right? So they lose the first one, which they probably should have won that one, and then they win it, kind of the revenge one in 14. Yeah, how good would Kawhi be then? He'd have three rings and three finals MVPs. <laughs> um... I guess moving over to Brooklyn, the Nets have traded Allen Crabb to the Hawks. Oh, wow. Freeing up roughly $70 million in cap space. Oof. What does this mean for guys like D'Angelo and Karis LeVert and Jared Allen? What it means I think they is... already signed Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Uh, what it means is they have uh, two slots open for two max players with just cash, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, especially with they, uh, Kyrie being basically all but signed over there. If they take Kyrie, what happens to D'Angelo, Russell, and Karis LeVert? I think you trade D'Lo and you keep Karis. Fuck, that's crazy. It's a tough choice. That's... Man, this could get really weird really quick in the NBA. Yeah, you have like four guards on that team already. That you're kind of okay keeping. So it's really awkward now that Kyrie wants to come to an already point guard loaded team. Do you think the Kevin Durant injury has moved Kyrie away from the Knicks towards the Nets? Yes. As his New York destination of choice? From my understanding, what the uh, sources say on this was is uh, they were definitely wanted to team up in New York. And Kevin Durant was like pretty much all on the Knicks. And then now with the injury, Kyrie is trying to pull him over to the Nets. Isn't it weird that Kyrie's willing to go to the Nets after he just basically derailed the Celtics season, uh, putting a lot of the blame on the young guys, and now he's basically going to a team that has also a bunch of young guys. A lot of these guys are just cast-offs and uh, high lottery picks. Yeah, that, that's why I find this Kyrie move so weird. It's like, 
I feel like there's so many other places that actually could use him, like need a point guard and an all-star at that. And I didn't think Brooklyn was one of them. I mean, they have an all-star point guard in D'Angelo Russell currently. Like, I feel like their upgrades, while Kyrie's an upgrade, I, I think they could be better off spending that money on other positions that could use a bigger upgrade. Yeah, I just find it weird that he left the team saying that they didn't know how to win and now he's going to go to the Nets or maybe the Knicks. And it's like, uh, okay, you, you think they know how to win? I mean, Frankie Smokes about... can only carry a team for so long. Do you think now that, you know, the Warriors, uh, not necessarily people are going to wait them out anymore, but basically now everybody's like, oh shit, they're too injured or they're going to lose KD and Clay for basically a year. Um, people are going to cash in as this kind of free year to go all in to win the title. Do you think Philly slightly blows it up, gets Ben Simmons out of there, maybe doesn't uh, sign Tobias Harris or Jimmy and goes after Ky- and spends that money on Kyrie? So I was actually thinking a similar thing earlier today, but instead of Kyrie, it's Kawhi Leonard. Championship in Toronto, Kawhi Leonard? Do you think he's going to leave Toronto? All I'm saying is if you tr- if you gave up Ben and Jimmy for Kawhi Leonard, like that's a pretty hard deal to say no to if you're Toronto, right? Well, okay, Kawhi's a free agent. Jimmy's a free agent. So that part works out, right? They just don't have, you know, you don't you can just choose not to give the money to Jimmy and instead give that money towards Kawhi. So it's actually pretty simple. I think the problem is how do they address the Ben Simmons uh, situation, right? I mean, can that guy play with Embiid and Kawhi on the floor? That's why I think you have game. to get rid of him if you're going to get Kawhi or even Kyrie. Okay. okay, so if they get Kyrie or Kawhi, ball handlers, then basically you're forcing a trade for Ben Simmons. Who would be the most interesting trade partner for Philly? And what do they want? out of a deal for Ben Simmons. What is Ben Simmons worth? It's very weird, right? Because we kind of saw him collapse in the playoffs, so to speak. And we know he can't shoot, but everybody's super high on him as the next LeBron still. Well, we don't know if he can't shoot. We just know he's unwilling to shoot. Like, I almost want to say Siaka might be a little more valuable than Ben Simmons right now. Whoa! <laughs> you can fuck off! That's complete fucking blasphemy. There we go. I was waiting to get that out of you. I was hoping that was coming. Uh, What about the Knicks? Would the Knicks want Ben Simmons? They're probably not going to get any, you know, third pick in the draft, so you're not getting Zion. They're not getting Anthony Davis. We'll get to that in like a minute here. They might not get KD. Should they get after Ben Simmons? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so the other way around. What does what does Philly want? You know, if they're if they're throwing out the, uh, you know, we're we're listening to offers for Ben Simmons. What exactly would they want on that team? I would say you trade. You can go Ben Simmons for, uh, like like Moutier plus Kevin Knox or, uh, two two guys. R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Ooh. Is R.J. Barrett going to play a three or a four? I think he's a three. 
Okay. He's like 6'7", six, 6'8". So, six, so you put him at the 3, but if you have Kawhi, Kawhi's basically your 3. Well, here's the other trick, is Philly's probably going to take Taco Fall in the draft, so you already have your other center to pair with Joel Embiid. Uh, GG Boban. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think that's a fair trade, <sighs> though, weird. because you need another kind of guard, point guard on Philly. Uh, especially if Ben leaves, you need another distributor role. And while Kawhi fulfills that, you still want, you know, the Lowry to your Kawhi. Is there a deal where, I mean, this doesn't really make any sense unless Houston gets really weird. Houston would want Ben Simmons in exchange for CP3 just to get off the CP3 contract. They take a non-shooting guard and put him on that fucking team in Houston just to get off the Chris Paul contract. That would be hilarious, but I think Houston's <laughs> just going to be like, run it back, Golden State's gone this time, this is our chance. <laughs> um, what about Denver? You got Jokic? They struck out what on Anthony Davis. A... And they got a shit ton of two guards. Yes. So what if they've thrown Ben Simmons as your point guard slash... You know, just defender, because they need to improve on defense. Paul Millsap's getting old. You could easily swap that out for Ben Simmons in your starting lineup. There you go, point forward. Yeah. He goes pace, and the Nuggets like to play with pace. Fill the shooters all around him. Good at passing, and, uh, and a Euro. Maybe. Well, not Maybe a Euro. Probably get Michael Porter Jr. coming back. Not American, I guess. And Michael Porter Jr., so there's your 3-4 combination. Both good distributors. I don't All right, know. are we are we talking ourselves into into Denver? No, uh, there's there's like no <laughs> way that happens, but uh, it's an interesting idea. All right, so is is Kevin Durant the the highest profile NBA injury of all time? I want to say no, but I want to say yes in the sense that. Literally, his injury has entirely changed, like, the next three years of the NBA because of everyone else's moves being predicated on him going to the Knicks and playing there next year. Yeah, I mean, within, what, four or five days, the KD injury basically had a huge ripple effect on the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Um, so, so, first you said no. What, what was, like, more devastating types of injuries? Like, given, given the impact of this injury on the league. Well, I want to say... Maybe we, we argue that if Kevin Durant didn't tear his Achilles, but he was still playing on half a calf, that Golden State maybe wins that series. I don't know. I don't want to even really go there. But, you know, there's been plenty of... I think, like, you know... Uh, what am I trying to think of? Like, Tabocephalosia. Some of like Kobe's injuries, or like Michael Jordan when he uh, broke his foot. Like, those are really high-profile injuries that have a direct impact on that team. Whereas, yeah, but I don't know if they have this type of butterfly effect. On the greater league, yeah. Yeah. See, that's my point. That's why I said yes. Is I think this is maybe the biggest injury that didn't directly impact his own team, but impacted literally every other team. 
why I did think it impacted his own team. Because they did need all 11 of his points in that first quarter in order to even win that game by one point. So... But that's still I mean, like a, that's still in the air if they if like Kevin Durant not they would have at least won that game and I think at least in game six I, I think he at least helps spread the floor. Yeah, he could be a spot up shooter. That's a lot of up in the air though. I think still on that one. What about the Derrick Rose injury? See, which one? First of all, but second of all, uh, the, the the first, first one, one in uh, the, the f- yeah twenty twelve in the playoffs one. Yeah. First round 20, 2012 playoffs. The argument for that one is uh, that was like the year that they were supposed to beat the Heat, right? Like that was like kind of their yeah, culmination. I don't, was, I don't know if it was the year they were supposed to beat the Heat. I think it was the can they do this thing again? Yeah. And actually get over the, you know, actually give the Heat a fight this time. Now, well, I do believe that's a pretty big injury and all the injuries that resulted because of it. I don't think that changed the shape of the league nearly as much as this off-season injury almost. Like, we've direct, we basically killed off that dude's career, sure. And maybe you could argue he's had his best year in a long time this year. But I don't think it changed Anthony Davis and Kyrie and all these other guys now signing at different was- places. Think of think of the Bulls in 2012 knock off the Miami Heat. Okay, so 2011, uh, the Heat lose to the Mavs. 2012, they might lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. That dynasty doesn't even get going. Okay, so 2012, they would have faced off against the Thunder. Kevin Durant might, probably would have won Finals MVP if they win that series. Does Katie leave Oklahoma City? Do they not resign James Harden? You are going so far down the rabbit hole here. (laughs) Like I like like you're like three steps past a slippery slope at this point. Like like you're you're saying, okay, the Bulls win. Not only they win like the next three playoff series, but then they also beat the Heat and they also go to the finals and then they potentially lose there. It's like I'm taking the simpler answer here. Uh, does this injury prevent Kevin Durant from ever cracking the top 10 all time? I don't think so. I think people will look at it and be like, oh, if Kevin Durant was healthy, they win that series and that's a ring and it's all due Kevin Durant's legacy. So where do you have Kevin Durant ranked right now in terms of all time? I, I don't actually no i i don't think i have him as high as most people okay break it down in terms of tiers right so like tier one is like he's tier two to me okay do you think he'll be able to crack into the tier one that's where the Knicks thing would come in if he did if he went there and he won one i would probably put him in tier one and a half so i have to put an asterisk around these golden state wins Okay, so KD is a forward. I'm not. I'm not gonna specify a power or small forward simply because it's very loose. Anyway, okay. So in terms of if you go by best forwards of all time, we're gonna have what LeBron up there. LeBron, uh, Larry, Duncan, Larry Bird. Um, we didn't put enough thought into this, as you can tell. Dirk, 
Dirk, maybe. Sure. Kevin Durant. So those those are probably your top five forwards of all time. Kevin Garnett. Okay, throw throw KG up there. Kawhi Leonard, I think, deserves to be now in the conversation. conversation. <laughs> okay, so that's like your top seven guys that we just named in like ten seconds, right? Yeah. Is KD even in the top three of that conversation? I don't think so. Whew. Can he get there? I think there's a really steep hill to climb between the LeBron and Larry tier. Fuck, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you're talking two faces of the league almost. I don't think Kevin Durant's even close to that. Wow. Which is part of the another uh... reason he should go to New York, because <laughs> then he'll be more popular. Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny that the the sympathy thing is has really flipped the uh, the outrage culture on KD. It's like, oh shit! Now everybody's like a KD fan. It's like, yeah, because no, he put his body on like, the line. Yeah, like no, nah, like fuck that. I mean, they, they predicted I can admire that. the guy for trying it out, but I can also be like, no, nah, he's still a cupcake ass bitch. Yeah, like he still joined a seventy three win team, had the easiest cakewalk to the finals twice in a row. Yeah, he played in three straight finals and blew out his leg. I'm just saying, LeBron played in eight straight finals and seemed perfectly fine. And tore a groin. <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to be out. He wasn't out for a year. He was out for like 20 games. I mean, it kind of just makes me think, fuck, LeBron was far more durable than I thought because even Kawhi was injured in the finals. I mean, you can kind of, I mean, you know. He's, he's been injured for the past fine, three years. But it's like. Yeah, just I was like, "Fuck!" It's crazy that LeBron managed to uh, stay healthy that long. Um, does Katie consider re-signing with Golden State, taking the player option for like thirty-one million, just rehabbing in the Bay? I think if I'm KD and I'm a little selfish, I think that's what I do. Because you get the most money, you don't really have to worry about things. You're gonna be kind of forgotten about. So you think he kicks his free agency down a year? There's a lot of 2020 free agents still. Like there's a, I mean, that's still a really good free agent cast to try and team up with. Does Golden State want Kevin Durant? See, that's the trick. Here is like, if I'm Golden State, I know Clay's out, and I know KD's out. I kind and I'm probably not gonna re-sign Boogie, right? So I'm thinking about ditching all three of them. And I'd rather do that Are sooner. You that, should they blow it up? Is that what you're saying? I'm about? saying they keep Steph and Draymond and they ditch everyone else. And do what? With uh, 70 million in cap space, Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. I think you can Who make something go after happen. Who are they going to go after with that kind of uh, money? Because if you're not going after Kevin Durant, which is by far the best free agent you can get, and you're gonna you're gonna walk away from Clay, who's arguably one of the top six shooters of all time. Well, you missed out on Anthony Davis, better. so that's a bummer. Uh, you have not missed out yet on current Finals MVP Kawhi Leonard. You think they're gonna go and try to get Kawhi? I would put a bid in. Are you kidding me? He's the best <laughs> forward in the league right now. You know, it's one thing to watch K 
KD go from OKC to Golden State, the team that beat him? But for a guy to go to the team that he beat, this was really fucked up. That dude, the Twitter would be crazy. Uh, I think that would be That's... solid. I think that'd be solid. Um, what does Houston do to take advantage of uh of the situation? They do absolutely nothing because they have zero money to work with. You're saying they just run it back? Yeah. I think they're no that trades, dumb. It's nothing. Nope. Um, are you sad or do you think it's just funny with the New York Knicks of not getting the number one pick, Katie having an Achilles injury, probably missing out on Kyrie, definitely missing out on Anthony Davis? Your best hopes like Kemba and Jimmy, which is not a good combo. <laughs> that, like, I'm so nihilistic about this. I actually feel so bad. <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> like everybody hyped that up too, like all year long, and now it's probably not going to happen at all. Like I'd burn my Kevin Durant jerseys in the New York streets. Okay, so what's what's sort of the table set for Boston, the Knicks, the Clippers, and the Nets? Because those are kind of the four teams which seem to be making a lot of moves. We'll get to the Lakers in a second, but. Those seem to be the big four markets making uh, splashes this summer. Yeah, I mean, I like it because I'd like to have a New York team that's good, like just one of the two. Like the other one can suck ass, is okay. Um, obviously, the Lakers are in a good spot now, but the Clippers are, are like, you know, six months ago, that was what everybody was talking about. Like Kawhi to the Clippers are like, Jimmy to the Clippers or, you know, all these other guys. It was they were like the the spot. It's like LA's nice, a lot of cap space, good coach, really good supporting cast. So personally, I think the way I see it now, um, in terms of who favors what, I think Kawhi's still on the LA side of the script. Probably Clippers still, but I mean I guess the Lakers could try for it somehow. Um I I mean obviously Kyrie is on the Nick on the uh, Nets side and I still think there's a reasonable chance Katie still goes to New York. So uh I mean all those are still up in the air. Does Boston have a chance in signing Kevin Durant? Zero. Absolutely zero. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna move on then. <laughs> seem very convinced uh all right who won the uh trade the lakers or the pella lakers the pella lakers are the trade winners in my opinion really (laughs) once i guess kevin durant or sorry anthony davis i was just i was making a a hodgepodge there so i was watching a video the other day and like over the past six months the collective sports media has really underrated Anthony Davis. Yeah, ever since what do you mean the by underrated, ever since sort of you know the trade breakdown fiasco with Magic and all them in early January. Yeah, but don't you think eighty was a little overrated heading into the season? No, and here's why: while they did get totally, uh, while they did sweep the Trailblazers, which is pretty impressive, uh, 
you think of the numbers he puts up when his team was worse versus Golden State, who was on the championship runs at that point, you know, when Golden State was the unstoppable crew. He was putting up 30 and 13 and 5, and he was the only guy on that team. And, you know, when you're playing Golden State, all of your big men just end up getting exposed the whole game, and he wasn't. But I think I think we underrate him a little bit in that regard and the fact that he can actually be good enough to play in those scenarios, let alone carry a team and or team up with now his best player he's ever played with. My problem with Anthony Davis is that he's only been to the playoffs twice in seven years. I agree. Damian Lillard has been to the playoffs every single year since he was drafted, and that team has gone through essentially three different iterations with LMA. Then you kind of get the post-LMA, you know, before Nurkic, and then you get, like, kind of the after Nurkic. And they've been every single year in the Western Conference. Yeah. Fucking Portland. Okay, but... but That's me a this. team that used to have Alan Crabb. How many players on the Pelicans can you name? Before or after this trade? Before the trade. <laughs> Holiday? Etwan Moore? He's not on there. Etwan Moore's on there. No, he's not. Not anymore. Well, okay. I mean, he said before the trade. No, he, he wasn't on there this year. He was on there last year. Nah, fuck it. I'm totally Googling this right now. Fuck, how do you spell Etwan Moore? <laughs> gotcha. So, you you can't name their bench, is my point. Yo, he's still on there. I got you though. You had you had to double take so hard. <laughs> you just proved my yeah, point. Yeah, but think about Portland's bench. Portland has a bench. Before this year, I'm just saying some of those years. Okay, what what year did uh, LMA go to uh, Portland? Roughly, was it 2016? I 16. think. All right, so I'll Google the 20. 17. Or, let's see, 2016, 17 Trailblazers. Who's on this fucking team? Aminu, Connaughton, Alan Crabb, Ed Davis, Festus Azili, Harkless, Lehman, Myers Leonard, Lillard, McCollum, Shabazz Napier, Nurkic, Evan Turner, Noah Vonley. Come on! <laughs> So so let me let me give you another argument for Anthony Davis here. So he's only 26, I think. So he's according to how primes work, he's about to enter his prime. Uh which is a good thing because LeBron will eventually fade out one of these fucking years. Uh, yeah, but he's a big man. So big man primes are a little bit earlier than like you know, a forward. He's not like a big a, man. Like a he's a dude. forward. Yeah, but he plays at the five. Uh, my second point is, is he's had, I think, three or four different head coaches in his time there. So has LeBron. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, here's you're, where I'm going. You're basically with this. coming onto my side that Anthony Davis 
while I think the Lakers won the trade in getting Anthony Davis, I do think Anthony Davis is a little overrated. So my point, my point in this was, uh, so now kind of the big question for the Lakers is, do you go with the tried and true idea of we're going to assemble a big three and that's going to naturally just draw players to sign less with us to fill out the rest of our roster? Or do you go with the idea that, hey, we've got 25 million in cap. Let's get like two to three solid starters to round out our starting lineup. Uh, yeah, but who would you be targeting as two to three starters? Well, you're looking at guys, That's right, that aren't like super maxes. You're looking at like 10 million a year players, 10 to 15 million a year players, which. Yeah, but who is that kind of a player? Well, you got people like Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon's getting paid more than ten million a year, dude. And I'm I'm saying like I'm not saying him exactly. I think I don't think anyone on the Bucks is fucking leaving. But like, dude, if a player played like Malcolm Brogdon, you know, putting up almost fifty, forty, nineties, I'm pretty sure they're gonna get paid closer to twenty than ten. Then you've got guys like uh, JJ Redick. He's only getting paid twelve. Yeah, but that's because he took a pay cut. Before that, he was at, like, 18. You wouldn't take a pay cut to play with LeBron and AD? Not if it doesn't guarantee you a ring, and I think Philly's probably the better situation for him. Um, You got guys like... Patrick Beverly? Uh, you want to you wanna say Patrick Beverly? Well, they need a point guard. Offense. They've traded away. What they, what they gonna do on Three guards. You have LeBron. What? What? That and like AD. You don't LeBron, need an offensive player. Dude, LeBron's not looking. He's looking for a guy where he cannot play so many minutes. That's what he wants. He wants like a Kyrie type of sidekick where he can just give the ball to some dude and he can go get his own offense and he doesn't really have to do much on offense. Well, then you want the big three. Then you're going. You want the Lakers <laughs> to go for a big three. I don't want them. I just think it makes more sense. Why would I want to give money to guys like fucking? <laughs> I, all I'm saying is there's there's a little bit of a a question on the sports media world of do they do they try and I think because in order to do an actual another max contract, you've got to drop Kuzma, I believe, to make that money work out, which they obviously don't want to do because he wasn't a part of the Anthony Davis deal. So the idea is you can drop Kuzma and get an actual third all-star, like, you know, really good star. Or you can try and keep Kuzma and get, like, two of these B to C tier players. Yeah, I'm fine if you want to go after the the B, C players, as you're calling them, but you're not offering anybody's names out there. Really. Like, Malcolm Brogdon is not going to play for $10 million a year. What about a guy That's like a uh, Seth Curry? I over like a Kemba. I don't actually know if you want. I'd rather have Kemba. I'd rather have a guy that can dribble. Right, but you're going one for one here, which is not how the money works out. Like obviously, no. But I, I mean, <laughs> no. I'm just thinking, like, what do I want in a player? And since they have Anthony Davis and they have LeBron and they have Kuzma, now they got to show up the backcourt. And what is it that you want in a backcourt? I want a guy that can dribble. I want a guy that can pass, and I want a guy that can. Make his own shot. Wow, so you want something that literally every position wants. 
No, but like specifically at guard, that's what you expect. So let me let me give you one name. Seth Curry cannot do those things. Let me, let me give you one name here, because obviously LeBron wants shooters, which they didn't have at all last year. And so does Anthony Davis, because he hasn't really played with like a knockdown shooter. Um, Seth Curry is a knockdown shooter for the most part. I don't think they get him, but it was a fun idea I thought of, especially with the Golden State matchup, because that was entertaining as hell to watch in the playoffs. But there's a veteran point guard that at one I point... God, if you say Mike Conley, like, let's just not no, no, I'm going, I'm it. going even more veteran. <laughs> Yeah, there was a there's a veteran point guard back in uh you know two thousand nine when they were talking about these big threes. Are you fucking talking about CP three? No, I'm talking about Derrick Rose, dude. Derrick Rose to the Lakers. What? I just said I wanted a guy that can make his own shot. Uh hello, he had a renaissance year. He dropped fifty points in a game this year. Bruh, bruh he has never been a shooter. <laughs> Do you... He shot thirty-eight percent from three nope, this year. I'd fucking rather give the money to fucking a con- dude, I'd fucking rather give the money to Malcolm Brogdon. I'd rather give Malcolm Brogdon thirty five million a year than take Derek Rose right now. Alright. Get the fuck out of here. It's funny because I heard that on some stu on like take uh... Ben Simmons. If you want a guy that can't shoot and play guard, take Ben Simmons. I mean, you could take a lot of guys at that rate. That's what I'm saying. That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh man! Look, we just saw we just saw Toronto win the title with about seven to eight guys. So you don't need a lot of depth. What about what you about a guy need... like uh, like Ricky Rubio? No, no, I don't. I I can't wait twelve years for this man to develop how to get a shot. <laughs> I mean, guards that don't shoot, right? That's what you wanted, right? No, I want the complete opposite, dude. <laughs> you not been listening? I want, I want a guy that can shoot, dribble, and pass. And believe it or not, there aren't that many guys in the NBA that can do those three things. All right, so now we got we have this like kind of tier one recruits that the Lakers could be going for these superstars, right? You know, you're they already got Anthony Davis, but you know, your Kemba's, yeah, your I'm Jimmy's, your going Kyrie's, after the lower tier stars. You just gotta offer something that's like more like give me an argument for why it's more compelling for them to go after the lower tier guys than like a guy like Kemba. So I think the idea it's got to be about trade value here and everybody's now recent memory. The the reason why Golden State lost, according to some people, is their big three, two of the legs of their big three died and they had no no good supporting cast to back them up. I think that's some okay, people's philosophy I mean, on that. So they're like, well, if we yeah. spread the talent out, then if one leg of our horse dies, we aren't as fucked. Yeah, but if you go slightly longer recent memory, we just saw a Lakers team where the main guy goes down, and then he got a pretty good collection of young players who did not step up. Correct. Lakers had decent depth, considering how much they were not in the playoff race pretty decent depth and they completely fucked it up so i'm not exactly sure that's why it's a debate that's why it's it's like well i don't think it is a debate you haven't are you you haven't given me anything to consider i'm telling you what the people of the magical world of rnba are saying i'm saying that you have moved my uh you know you have made me reconsider like zero percent all right so so here here's where we need to hone in on somebody so you've got 24 million in cap space you're gonna keep kyle kuzma you've got this list of free agents i don't know now. if they're gonna keep kyle kuzma 
You think they're gonna do Actually I'm very I'm very confused as to why didn't New Orleans get Kyle Kuzma. So that is also a question I have. Because you think positionally it doesn't like make if... sense, right? Well, not even that, but just if, if the Pelicans were like, oh, hey, we want Cal Kuzma, too. Do you think the Lakers are going to be like, no, that's where we draw the line? You can keep AD. We're going to keep Cal Kuzma? Like, that's not happening. I think that's what the old Kyle deal Kuzma. was before, yeah, that's... Every, before Dan Gilbert and everybody. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, that's weird. I agree. It's not like... It's not like Kuzma is gonna. That's that's the you know the line drawn in the sand between this deal happening and not happening. So I would think they gave up extra picks instead of Kuzma. I think Kyle Kuzma is gonna be flipped. Okay. For something else. So if I don't think Kyle Kuzma works on that team on that team. One of the reasons he does get flipped is so they can open up a max contract spot. Just money wise, just like straight money wise, that's how that works. So therefore, Kuzma Kuzma gets shipped out for cash. So who who is your like if you had to rank these free agents that you're looking at as a Lakers GM? Like if you're Rob Polinka and you're like we're flipping Kuzma, here's my list. What's like your one, two, and three? What's like your top three guys that you're grabbing or going for? Well, I guess I'm looking for a guard that can pass, shoot, and dribble. So Kevin Durant probably not playing next. You're year. not even gonna pitch Kevin He's Durant. Out. I mean, you pitch him, but I mean, uh, I mean it'd be nice, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Zero anyway. percent chance. Uh, then you go Kawhi. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want Kawhi. I don't see Kawhi and LeBron ever playing together. I think they make sense together because that means LeBron can play it before, but I, I really don't see it happening. Uh, Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, he's an okay passer, I guess. He's so got some legs he, to it, right? He definitely fits that. Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy can't shoot and Jimmy can't pass, so <laughs> uh, I'm going to pass on him. Kemba. Can shoot and dribble, but he can't really pass. So he's kind of the same boat as Kyrie, but I think Kyrie's a much better shooter and dribbler. Just so uh, slightly Clay. worse Kyrie, okay. Clay can also not pass and doesn't have does any. Clay ever dribble? Um and also that ACL. <laughs> Chris Middleton. <laughs> doesn't really pass that well. Like you notice a the theme here, right? These guys aren't great at passing. Uh, but you know what? I'd make an offer for Chris Middleton. Much younger, much taller than Kyrie. Won't get beat on defense as badly. Good, actually, good uh, defender. Who else is out there? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, who else is out there? Boogie. Boogie? Boogie's on. Yeah, I'm not taking. I'm not taking Boogie. You don't want to reunite him with Anthony uh, Davis for old times' he's, sake? He's had a fucking Achilles. You can get him for it's five Achilles million. You're not gonna get him for five million. <laughs> um. If they put together a trade package, I don't even know who you would trade for at this point. Because who do they even have? Alex Caruso for Bradley Beal? Um, so out of this list, CP3, you're three. You're kind I mean, of top. Those are guys you could target. Your top target for for Michael Rob Palinka is Kyrie Kemba and Chris Middleton. Or what's like? Yeah, how do you guards. rank those three? Like, if you had to pick, like, priority wise. 
I mean, is it even really a question? Kyrie's clearly the best out of those three. So you, you would go all in on Kyrie, and then if that didn't work, you'd go all in on Chris Middleton, and then maybe Kemba's your third choice? Yeah, I think I'd go Middleton over Kemba. Oof. That's not going to sit well with some people. <laughs> I mean, it's better than offering Malcolm Brogdon, whatever the fuck you said. <laughs> so... A fun question that people have been throwing around that I totally don't agree with is some people think they're going to somehow entice D'Angelo Russell to come back to the Lakers. You know what? I kind of like this idea. I I like it in terms of fit, but I think the awkward emotions he's never gonna go back is to never going to come he's back. There's too much of a schism he, there. Yeah, he. I, I mean, I think the Lakers would want him. I just don't think he would, he would want to go There's back. There's too much bad blood still. Um, do you think with Kevin Durant going down, the market for AD depreciated for teams like LA, Portland, even Toronto? Could you imagine if Toronto made the tra- trade deal for Anthony Davis? What do you mean market depreciation? You mean his value got less or less teams want him? I think I think his value lessened with mm-hmm. Kevin Durant going down. I think you got a point because the, the arms race isn't quite there next year, it seems like. You don't have a team with five all-stars right now. You've got a team with two. Yeah, and I mean, if we think about it from the the Pelicans, right, they got Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, Josh Hart, a fourth, the fourth round, the fourth pick in the draft. Um, I think something. What else did they get? They, get they got pick. picks for the next three years too. Okay, so. You got Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and the fourth pick. I don't really think that's like on paper. That's that's fine, but like really, I mean, that's what it costs to get Anthony Davis. Four. I'm, t- I'm making that trade first round picks. I'm making that trade a hundred times out of a hundred. I'm not a believer in Brandon Ingram. I like Lonzo, but come on, Lonzo's not fucking Anthony Davis. And I and I think Anthony Davis is overrated. So think about how much I like don't like these guys. Josh Hart's pretty much a non-factor. I think Josh Hart's fine. I think he's like a Malcolm Brogdon type, like you're saying. Like that's your kind of tier two, tier three type of guy. Where it's great if that guy's my fourth best player on a team, but if he's my first option, I mean, we're fucked. Yeah, it's really interesting if you think about, like, if you just rewound in time to like the Anthony Davis draft and you say, all right, this team that picks Anthony Davis is going to get four first round picks in the future for that one pick. That seems so crazy to me. That seems like a really good deal. The problem is the Lakers, despite having all those draft picks drafted about even with Phoenix. Yeah. When you really think about it, that's true. Right? Like Boston Tatum, Brown, smart, very solid, like good drafting, uh, drafting, yeah. A plus, yeah. Even Golden Golden State, Curry, Clay, Draymond, Zeely, uh, Kevon Looney, very solid drafting. Phoenix, Spurs, Spurs usually always are pretty good, at, but Phoenix is like had a lot of picks. I don't necessarily know if they've done good drafting. You can say the same and thing the same about thing Chicago too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, sure, you're going to also maybe throw in Julius Randle and Zion into that mix, and you keep Drew Holiday. 
But I don't know if that team's making the playoffs. I don't think it does. It seems like a college all-stars team almost. I mean, that's kind of what it is because I mean, it is right? 22 I mean, and younger. Yeah, I mean, apart from Brandon Ingram and maybe Josh Hart. I think Josh Hart's a little bit older. Brandon Ingram is 21 now? 22? He's not even 21 yet. Uh, exactly, and he's been around. <laughs> I mean, it feels like I, it he's just... been in the league for three years, and he has been. That's wild to me still that he's like that young. Like there's still time on him. Like I'm not ready to write him off yet, but it's going to be a couple years. He's like two years away from being two years away. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was never writing him off. I just thought he was completely overrated when he was drafted. Everybody was saying he was like Kevin Durant. It's like I get it. He's tall and lanky, but Kevin Durant was like sensational from the get go. Brandon Ingram is going to have to learn to be Kevin Durant, whereas Kevin Durant was just Kevin Durant. Yeah, and of course, kind of the recent news being Julius Randle opting out of his Pelicans contract, so he could totally end up anywhere. Maybe back on the Lakers. I mean, the way this shit's going down. Yeah, Uh, and then, so now that the... Is this where we want to segue into the draft, or do you have any other thoughts? No, I got a a little bit more. All right, so this... New Orleans team, do they flip some of these guys that they just got from the Lakers into upgradable assets? I'm going to assume they keep Zion. That's pretty fair, I think. So Zion, you're putting him at before the five. Probably the four. And the problem, and the problem with what they traded for was they didn't improve their outside shooting at all. That was their so problem. If you're gonna have Zion as your interior guy, then you need a guy on you need guys to surround him with who can at least space the floor for Zion to do Zion things. And uh as much as I like Lonzo Ball and thinking about him in transition with Zion is amazing, he's not gonna space the floor. Brandon Ingram probably not gonna space the floor. That guy's pretty much dedicated to the mid range. Josh Hart, I don't even know if Josh Hart He's Josh Hart KCP might be a toss-up for me. He's their average from three at best. Yeah, so with the fourth pick, do they draft like Cam Reddish or something? I mean... So the idea right now with that fourth pick is either Darius Garland or Jared Colbert. Or Colder, you flip it. Or you, or you flip, flip it. it. And that's kind of what that's I what think saying. they you do. F- you flip some of these assets, and I think you go after guys who can give them size and shooting. Kevin Love, Aaron Gordon, Brooke Lopez... Andrew Wiggins. Or you just say, or if you want to go, yeah, well, I mean, Wiggins isn't a shooter, but at least like Wiggins paired with Zion and Lonzo is like a very up and down fast team, which I kind of like. It's like, fuck it, let's just like play like fucking maniacs out there and just, you know, ramp up the pace and hopefully we'll, we'll sneak like 12 wins by just being faster and better conditioned than other teams. So um, it's not a terrible idea. Uh, personally, just looking over some of the draft board right now, I think you can make a reasonable argument for actually trading down in the draft. You could trade that fourth pick away for maybe like two picks later on, like in this draft. Yeah, I don't know if you'd want anybody in this draft. It's 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 basically Zion and then the other like 
59 picks. So the problem is, is you have this tier one that's the first three, and then you have this tier two that's like the next three, and then after that, it's like really all over the place, and there's just like three or four really interesting dudes like later on. So what I'm saying is, is you could like, because that fourth pick isn't really going to be a Clay Thompson or like anything super worthwhile. You could just trade that for just like a worse player later on and get somebody else from another team. Yeah, but the Pelicans don't draft well. And See, that's the problem. I know Toronto just won the title, but usually when you're picking below 15, historically, like you're not picking great guys. Like it might be one guy after 15 in the draft who ends up being pretty good, like one or two guys. So I don't know if I'm trust the risky move process i'm gonna pick the right one or two guys but then again in this draft you look at this list of first round picks here that were all lottery picks you know the lakers didn't do it right either so i mean sure your propensity to get a player that's actually worthwhile is higher the higher your draft pick is but you can still screw it up so yeah i mean no doubt i just I don't know if I'd want people in this draft. I'd rather kick it down and look towards maybe a, a future draft. drafts. Eh, it could be a thing. Yeah, like the. I don't value this fourth pick too highly. Like, what if they had Cole Anthony or something? You know, if they could get him next year, that might be worth looking at. Yeah. Unless there's some sneaky good three-point shooter in this draft, which I'm not aware of, but there's only a handful. Who are, like, even average. Like, nobody is, like, a lights-out three-point shooter in this draft from, from what I've seen. So, the best one, I think, is probably uh, that Kobe White guy from UNC. And he's not really a crazy good three-point shooter. He's just the best in a bad round. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if there's anything I would really want. Because that's what you want, is on this team, if you keep Brandon Ingram and Zion, that's your 4-5. You got Drew Holiday at your two guard. Lonzo's your point. So you need like a 3 and D guy. And nobody really fits the bill in this draft of being a 3 and D guy. Yeah. So speaking of the draft. Um, oh, wait, wait. There's, there's one more thing I have. Okay. So on the Lakers side of the thing. They've got Anthony Davis for a year. What if uh, Anthony Davis only stays the one year? Dude. How does this trade look? That would look so bad. <laughs> like, oh my god. That's the funniest part, I think. We could, have the Anthony, we could have an Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant sweepstakes for 2020. This whole thing might just be kicked down the road by one year. That would be so wild. You know, like, guys you like Kawhi. Like Kawhi, for nothing. Kawhi could sign like a one and one He's just like, fuck it, I'll, I'll give Toronto one year. Yeah. See if we can repeat. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of these things might just be kicked down the road by one year, apart from maybe guys like Kyrie and stuff. Obviously, he can't really stay in Boston. But um, if the Lakers only keep Anthony Davis for one year and they jettisoned all these guys out, are we, you know, in a year's time, are we saying, oh, shit, the the Pelicans won this draft? Yeah. Or, sorry, won this trade. Well, yeah. Actually, I guess they would do when the draft they got Zion. But... No, absolutely. Like... 
It's almost Brooklyn levels of trade big, and you aren't guaranteed years. But your upside's a lot higher. <laughs> like, that's pretty, that's like a risky move, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is fucking crazy shit, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh, shift gears into uh, the NBA draft. Can the Pelicans entice Zion to really care about this fucking city that doesn't give a shit about basketball? Here's my here's here's what I think. Zion seems like the most wholesome dude I've ever seen in the NBA. <laughs> like he's gonna go out and he's just gonna fucking high motor, you know, down Bourbon Street and just they're gonna lose games. And I'm sure it'll, it'll start to wear thin at like near December, but it's gonna it's gonna have some spark to it. Like, sure we we mentioned they have no shooting, but you're gonna see some Lonzo Zion alley oops. Yeah, I mean, you might see Zion to Lonzo alley oops. <laughs> yeah, even better. Holy crap. Um, yeah, but the Pelicans had Anthony Davis, right? All around considered the you know the the one of the best. 21st century college players, right? And they still didn't sell at that arena, like consistently at all. Like they were, they were even playoff many games. seasons. Yeah, it's weird that like if Anthony Davis can't get you to care about New Orleans basketball, I don't know if Zion can do that. Well, you do have one upside: is he sold 3,000 season tickets on his own, so that's pretty big. But that'll probably only last, you know, if they suck ass, those people ain't coming back. Like, they'll see him a couple times and be like, oh, this is cool. Our team sucks ass. See you guys next year. And then they're going to be sold, sell the franchise and move back to Seattle. So. Will the uh, the Pelicans post-draft, post post-this Anthony Davis trade, end up being closer to a Phoenix where they just have a lot of picks? And don't really manifest it into anything, you know, like a like golden or more of the Boston where people are like praising them for their long term draft planning. I'm going with the Phoenix, mostly because like you we kind of agreed earlier, Norwins is kind of bad at drafting. And so are most of the bad. But they have teams. a new GM now. They do have a new GM though. Dan Gilbert? Nah, David Griffin. David Griffin, sorry. Dan Gilbert's Cavs owner. I I, I get them mixed up because they have the same <laughs> initials. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like they're gonna be in the mediocrity bin for a, a minute. Um, Who's the best prospect after Zion? So most people are gonna agree, and maybe this is a good time to tell you my big board. So. Uh, yeah, why don't we just run through? Yeah, let me just run, run through, through kind of kind of the the basic rundown of the draft here. So we've already talked about Pelicans maybe shipping the fourth pick. So that's kind of a big uh, factor in who's number four. Uh, and hopefully on Twitter we get more of the woge bombs of people lasering in on draft picks. But sort of your tier one, this is like your top three, three and a half picks. It's pretty much been figured out. It's Zion, RJ, or Zion, Ja, and then RJ. So 
Isn't Zion just kind of in his own tier, though? It is. Like, think about any... If any team could theoretically have the number one pick, what team is... What team in the league would not pick Zion first? No, nobody would not pick Zion okay, first. Okay, so he's in his own tier. I don't think anybody... I think it'd be very slim for people to pick RJ over Ja as well. I think a lot of people are... Ja's pretty much the number two, like 95% guaranteed. Wow. Yeah. And then RJ's a little up for debate, but every mock draft I've seen today has been those three in that order. No questions asked. Um, the big One of the big changes is obviously this number four pick that could honestly be anybody's pick at this point. And the two choices are uh, Garland or Culver. And so that would be the second best point guard or the best shooting guard. Um, I think they're both solid picks. They're both... It's either four and five or five and four. You know, whichever one doesn't get picked at four gets picked at five. So that's kind of the start of the tier two, so to speak. Um, so this second bucket. So that was like our first four. So our second four is Culver, Kobe White, uh, DeAndre Hunter, and Cam Reddish. Those are like the next four best players. Um, typically going in that order. So that means uh, Cleveland would get Kobe White because they need a shooting guard now that J.R. Smith is AFK from the world. And Isn't Kobe a point guard, though? Yeah, but he's taller than the guy they drafted last year. I forget his name, who Cleveland I mean, drafted. Yeah, but he doesn't... He's a white guy that shoots the ball. He's going to be a shooting guard. <laughs> Kobe's not white. <laughs> uh, so then DeAndre Hunter going to Phoenix. I think this is the weirdest pick out of, the, out of everything I've seen, because it's another... Awkward small, small forward. forward. <laughs> That's Hopefully not TJ offensive Hopefully TJ Warren base. can escape this shit. Please move TJ Warren. God, I, I think that you know, if TJ Warren gets shift. moved in this fucking summer, I'd be so happy. So I think Phoenix does something with that pick because that just makes no fucking sense to me. Um, Chicago then Phoenix gets... has been laying out their plan for the past decade of what they want to do. Tank, tank, it's tank. draft a shit ton of small forwards. Uh... And then Chicago gets the next pick, and that's either Cam Reddish or Culver or Garland. Mostly just because literally everybody's up for sale in Chicago, minus like Markinen and uh, Wendell Carter. So, well, do they have Otto Porter Jr. on the books too? Yeah, but they're putting him up for sale too. So they're literally going to take the best really? available talent. Yeah, Jabari, Otto, Zach Levine. Jabari's it's not like there anymore. Jabari's a wizard, dude. Yeah, that feels real bad. No way. He would be a free agent this year too. <laughs> you know how much his contract's worth? They're paying him twenty million a uh, year. Is it, bro? He's not getting fucking twenty million a year. He's gonna get fucking closer to your ten million bullshit. So, anyways, those are that's like that's like your big eight. After that, it's a whole lot of I don't really give a fuck. But there's five players I'd like to highlight that persist throughout this draft that stick out to me. Um, mostly because of they're very unique players. Uh, so I'll start with the lowest one. That is, in the second round, the biggest player in the draft in a long-ass time, 
from Central Florida is Taco Fall. <laughs> there, and according to the boards, he would go at pick number 54, which would put him on Philadelphia, which would be sick because I'd love to see him and Embiid in the fucking backcourt together. And then you can ship off Boban and you don't have a problem. Uh, and he's actually trending up in the big boards. Like uh, the most recent draft I saw put him at like 49. So he went up five spots, which is, I mean, it's the second round, so who cares? But I mean, it's kind of a deal. Uh, next guy that you might remember from March Madness is Carson Edwards from Purdue. Kind of nope. the guy that carried that team to the, I think it was Final Four. Did he even know Purdue was in the tournament? So, according to the boards, he'd be going to the Nets right now. So he would be their project point guard. Uh, reason why he's so low, though, I thought he was actually pretty good, but he's actually the smallest guy in the whole draft. He's only he's barely six foot, so that's a pretty big knock against him. Um, then we have we have a late first rounder here. He can go anywhere from pick twenty to pick fourteen. And that is Bull Bull. Yo, is that is that Monu Bull's uh, son? Yes, sir. How tall is this fucker? He like is seven two. Seven two. Fucking draft that guy. So funny enough, both times I've seen him in the draft, fourteen and twenty are both Boston's picks. So <laughs> you lose Kyrie Irving, but you get Bull Bull. Uh, so then, so then, two guys, uh, late lottery picks that I think are actually pretty good is uh. 13 right now is for Miami would be Rui Hachimura. And the reason why I'm interested in him is because a lot of NBA media currently has him as like the sort of sleeper of the draft. Uh, Kind of like a similar guy to like Pascal Siakam sort of thing. Or maybe he's kind of in that mold of like that really lanky do it all forward kind of thing that has just a really good defensive backbone. Right now he'd be going to Miami, but I've seen him go as high as 11, so he's somewhere in that 11 to 14 range. Uh, So I'd put everyone's stock is pretty high on him, and then uh, probably the best shooting big man is uh, PJ Washington, who's currently at 12 to Charlotte. He's not a white guy, but he's an athletic black dude that's like 6'10", can shoot the three ball from Kentucky. Uh, so he would be a really good Marv replacement because Marv's getting up in age. Uh, but he's kind of trending down for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why, but uh, he'd be a guy I'd look out for too. So that's like my draft spotlight. Um, All right. So are there any NC State guys? Nope. Um, I did see, I think on some of the stuff, like very late second round, one of the Mar- one of the Martin twins, but not both. Yeah. Former NC State guy. That's fucking hilarious to be a twin that is drafted versus a twin that is not. And, uh, one of the other things I saw was, uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s brother. Yes. Uh, if anything, I think that guy really raises the red flag on Michael Porter Jr. because hasn't he also torn like his knee? He tore his ACL twice. Or no, Michael Porter Jr. is his back. Yeah, so he's torn his ACL twice and Michael Porter Jr. is like fucked up his back. 
the same fucking family. This like <laughs> they got some bad genes there. Are we sure these guys should be playing in the NBA? <laughs> um. So the the interesting pick here is the Knicks. That's yeah. the one everybody's talking about. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. Who should the Knicks go after? I think it's almost always R.J. Barrett. And solely because he's probably the closest guy that could be a Jason Tatum. So that's pretty... That, I mean, that's a solid pick, right? Like... Yeah, I mean, I know he's I know he's, uh, he's a scorer. I don't know if he can play defense, but then again, we haven't seen really defense from... Good Jason size, Tatum. good all-around game. Um, would fit in well there. They need, they have like, you know, smaller guards and bigger forwards, but they don't really have a good small forward right now. So. Okay. So after RJ Barrett, who's the best foreign prospect? Uh, there's actually some French dude that goes like 10. I can't, I can't even pronounce his name. I think he's like a power forward though. Um,. Power forward in tenth. That'd be like what Washington? Uh, no, I think it's Atlanta actually, because they have like seven and ten. You know, they have like two picks back to back almost. Um, what makes the most sense for Cleveland? I think Cleveland. <laughs> Cam. It's really hard because you're kind of dicked by being one out of the best four. Like, you're one slot past tier one, which really right. sucks. I mean, that's why it's funny that the Lakers, like, pipped them just for that one spot. Yeah. If I was them, I'd almost trade it away. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I don't see them, like, the top of the East is pretty freaking good now. So they're going to be in the lottery again next year, no matter what they do. And Kevin Love's probably going somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I was Cleveland, I would try to trade Kevin Love, and I would see if I could also trade Tristan Thompson somewhere. Look at what Enos Cantor did. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure somebody would bite on Tristan Thompson. Um, are there any tall white dudes who are really slow that the Hornets could zero in on? Yeah, so I was looking at the list and I didn't see any white dudes that shoot threes that are taller than six eight. Are there any dudes who have three names? Uh, maybe I I I don't know. I wasn't looking for that. <laughs> I don't have it pulled up right now. I just wrote notes Bro, on my page. What kind of Charlotte-based uh, media supporter are you? <laughs> Hey, hey, I said PJ Washington was a good pick and they should go with it, so. So if the Grizzlies draft John Moran, that's got to mean Mike Conley's definitely, I mean, I know he was like 95% on the trading block this past season with Mark Gasol, and, you know, the Raptors almost took Gasol and Mike Conley, but Mike Conley is now basically going to become available. Um where would you like to see Mike Conley? Because I know, you know, like there were some guys who we like, but they haven't won. You know, Kyle Lowry was one of those guys where it's like, oh man, I just like how this guy plays. I just wish he could kind of win or be on a better team. And yeah. then he did win. So now we're kind of moving on. So it's like, I think Mike Conley's in that conversation of, oh, I really like Mike Conley. 
I really wish he could go somewhere better. And John Moran coming in basically means that he's got the opportunity to be a, you know, kind of go on the mercenary ring chase sort of hunt. Now, obviously the big deal with him is his massive ass contract, which a lot of people can't afford. Um, and he wants to go to a team that's probably a contender at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting up there. He's been around a while. Um, personally, I, I want to put the money factor aside and just go with like fit and where people might be cool to see. Um, I think it might be neat to see him on the Clippers with Kawhi. Well, I was gonna say like Indiana, maybe. Oh, Indiana! I do like I like this Indiana. Yeah, I'm, I'm sneaky sleeping on Indiana as being good next year, and they're like one perimeter player away from being good. I feel like. And while Mike Conley's not a go-to guy, but he's pretty solid. What about Detroit? See, I like him on there. It makes a lot of sense with his Memphis backbone, but I don't think Detroit's good. Like, I don't think they win. Like, they barely made the playoffs this year. man. Detroit is not good. Whoa. Like, even with him, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you guys are going to be maybe win a series at best. Uh, What about Utah? Get get rid of Rubio. Replace him with Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Seems like a very nice core. Yeah, it does. It seems like a really good fit, too. Uh my problem is, is that maxes you out if you're Utah, and that's not yeah, a that's very fine, good thing to be in. No, I like it because then Utah, if they could get like one good guy who can play like the two, three, four, you know, kind of like a healthy Gordon Hayward, championship dark horse sleeper pick. Yeah, but Mike Conley maxes you out though. Uh... Right, but they just need to find a a. A swingman at the trade deadline and the buyout market, and I think Utah might go to the conference finals. <laughs> I like um, as much as I'm not a fan of Donovan Mitchell, I can't argue against a uh, that kind of a core. Yeah, I think the either LA team doesn't seem terrible. Um, maybe you could make some really dumb argument for like the Timberwolves. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to go to Minnesota. Philly now. would be really cool if you could make that much money shit out of your ass somehow. Well, they just, I mean, they have, they just don't sign Jimmy and they don't sign Tobias. Yeah. Are Those you are the easiest ways to throw Ben Simmons away. Don't for sign J. Yeah. Don't re-sign JJ. Don't re-sign Jimmy or Tobias. And you got shit tons of money to play around with. Um, Maybe you could do something with Boston somehow. Oh, you know, this decade was looking really good for Boston after the whole uh, Nets trade. Yeah. Boy, they are looking on the outside, looking in at this point. Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? Like, we were so up and up on them like two and three years ago. They just kept getting better and better, it seemed like. Well, I mean, 12 months ago, you and I thought they had a chance to win the title. Well, they did. Threw it away. I have, I have them pegged as my number two team to win Who the title. Who knew a flat earther would ruin your championship contention? I don't even know if it was really Kyrie. I think it was more Gordon Hayward that really fucked up that team. Because they put him in at starting. 
They didn't, like, try to ease him in from the bench. They, like, just threw him in there. And I was like, fuck. Like, nobody's competing with Kyrie except for, like, Terry Rogier in terms of, like, a minutes uh, perspective. But what about what about if we somehow got Mike Conley to the Bucks? The Lakers? Uh, the Bucks have Bledsoe on, like, a $70 million contract. Then they have Chris Middleton, they have Brogdon, they have Connaughton, George Hill, and that's like five guards. Adam Mike Conley. So who are you shipping out? Probably probably a a guard and then um one of those like Tony Snell or some piece of shit player. I don't know if that's enough. Because Memphis is looking at That's an upgrade though, right? You know, like got, Mike Conley's well, an got, upgrade. Well, yeah, but for Memphis, it's like, you know, you 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 are out, you're done with the grid and grind era. You got Triple J. You're about to throw in John Morant. Like it's it's, you know, like a rebuild project. So you don't want guys like Tony Snell. Maybe you just take it for picks. Yeah, you want more picks. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm Memphis, I want more picks, or I want something like the Lakers package, where I just have a lot of young assets. I think that's why I kind of like stuff Indiana. like that. Indiana's got picks still. They're on the up and up. I don't know. Or I want players that are going to help me tank. Like TJ right? Warren. So like getting Joe Kim Noah. Well, they still have him. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like they got Joe Kim Noah specifically to help him tank. You think Carmelo would go to Memphis for a year? No. No fucking way. <laughs> Melo's not, no, not doing that to his career, dude. Uh, what about like... Uh... Maybe you like eat someone's stupid contract for a draft pick, like uh, Kent Bazemore or something like that. What if they had John Moran and John Wall on the same team? Oof. Or Jabari? I mean, I don't know why you would do that because the whole point is to move off the Mike Conley contract. But <laughs> you eat Dwight Howard for somebody. Just just keep Dwight Howard moving around every year. That's tough. Memphis is such a weird what place. About, what if Phoenix goes after Mike Conley? They need a guard, dude. They need a point guard, yeah. That's I was actually kind of a, hoping Lonzo would end up in Phoenix somehow. I don't know if I would want to do that to Lonzo. It just felt like a better like fit. Lonzo. Like, I kind of don't want Lonzo to get totally shit on in the league because I kind of feel bad for him for dealing with his dad all the time. Is there a way that Houston can pull off a three-team trade where they ship out Chris Paul and they bring in Mike Conley? Sure. Because then you're basically getting the same type of guard, but for less money. Even though, like, less, I mean, like, it's still $30 million a year, but it's less than $40 million. And he's a couple years younger. Yeah, but even then, it's like they're. I mean, I don't even know if the difference in age is that significant. Well, the, the, you I know, think there it's was more some locker room that. problems too. So, with CP3 or Mike Conley, it was CP3. No fucking way, CP3. Yeah. That guy, that guy who's such a dick to everybody. The guy that no punches that people in the nuts. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's not an awful idea. Maybe I'll give uh, Daryl a call and see what he thinks. I gotta check the analytics on Mike Conley. I'm not sure uh, how his three and uh, three and layup packages. 
So out of all those places that we just named, and if we want Mike Conley to go to a you know a decent contender, what makes this? What, what would be your uh, be your like, spot for him? I like Philly, and I like the Lakers, and maybe if he partners with, you know, Kawhi or one of those other guys somewhere else. See, so yeah, I was trying to leave it open for you to say like Utah, since that way you can go to the games, and then you could give us like a scouting report on like. Mike Conley gets him. He's gonna retire pretty soon, and he'll need a job. And here at the Heart of the Paint, we might be expanding. So, yeah, we need a remote office uh, back in the Bass Pro Shop in Memphis. Actually, we're gonna do it upstairs in the pyramid. Yeah, <laughs> really good acoustics in there. So, <laughs> all right, Michael. Any other closing thoughts for the people? Um, boy. What a weird turn of events, right? Thursday, Toronto wins the championship. And fucking four days later, we're talking about where Mike Conley goes. Yeah, isn't that wild? Like, the narrative just it lasted crazy, for, like, a day. Yeah. Fucking crazy train ride. Oh, man, I don't even know. This is what Anthony Davis saying is... It's just weird. It's like, I I was, you know, kind of like, oh, it's going to happen before the draft, which, you know, after the finals, before the draft is like a week. But even then, it like, it felt kind of rushed, <laughs> even though it's like exactly when we thought it would happen was like after the weekend or like kind of like on the last vestiges of the weekend. Yeah. And the weird part is, is if the draft, if they actually sign this trade after the draft happens, the Lakers get more cap yeah. space. Yeah, it really does seem like that fourth pick for some reason was the uh, kind of the turning point there. Because obviously that's the pick that they didn't necessarily have earlier in the year when they were trading Anthony Davis in February, right? Like they didn't know they were going to get the fourth pick, right? They were, they were probably looking more closely at like the eight, nine range. Yeah. So the fact that they managed to jump up seems like the, the swinging kind of thing. I still don't understand why Kuzma wasn't thrown into this deal. Seems... Seems to me like the Pelicans. Seems like something's happening there. With that fourth pick now, so early before the draft happens, I bet you somebody is magically calling up a ton of people right now, and some shit's gonna go down. I think we're gonna have some pretty exciting draft night trades. What if the Knicks say fuck it? Since we're not getting the three pick, they do a draft to give away the three to the Pelicans, take the four, so basically trade down. And then, you know, they'll get, like, another pick, probably. So it'll be, like, a two-for-one. And that means R.J. Barrett could slide into the Pelicans. And he kind of fits your, you know, small forward, power forward slot next to Zion. I would like it. I think it'd be cool. I mean, think about it. You could have Zion at the five, Ingram at the four, R.J. Barrett at the three, Holiday at the two, Lonzo at the one, Josh Hart coming off the bench. Julius Randle is your seventh guy. That's a fucking championship ass team in they're college. Two years away from being two years away. <laughs> Dude, they're two years away from winning the 2015 NCAA championship. Yeah, and like half your team is Dukies and UCLA guys. <laughs> All right. With that, folks, we do appreciate you tuning into this uh, wonderful pre-draft coverage of 
Hard in the Paint podcast. Of course, you can find us on the social media links below, as well as uh, any questions, comments, and concerns, please do send them to our email or in the comments section. We'd always love hearing your feedback, as well as uh, be sure to like and subscribe and share our content. Been, our views have been pretty up recently, and I'm pretty proud of that for some reason. So uh, thank you for your continuing support. And we will catch you guys after the magical Thursday night when all the balls fall in a row and all the ducks line up and Zion Williamson is magically not on the Pelicans for some reason. And with that... I swear to God, if the Knicks pull this off, that'd be a fucking miracle. And with that, folks, we'll catch you next time. (laughs) 